0: I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals episode 62. This is my work and my glory studying Moses 1 and Abraham chapter 3. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a come follow me study for busy moms. I'm your host Donica Contour. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a daughter of God just trying to get home and I hope that something I say here today will help you on your journey home too. Guys, it's not quite 2022, but that's happening this week. And we're officially in the Old Testament. Who's nervous about the Old Testament? Raise of hands. Raise of hands. Just me? Okay. Um, <laughs> I actually got um, this year. I thought it would be super cool. And I thought I could use all the help I, I could get. The Don't Miss This like, I don't know what this is called, like their study journal or something. It's a come, a companion to your come follow me old Testament study. Um, I don't know if you follow, don't miss this. Um, but you should, because they're fantastic. Um, so, um, let's talk about Moses one and Abraham three Um, now we're in the Old Testament, but we're not technically in the Old Testament. This is Pearl of Great Price stuff, right? Um, but it's Old Testament content, if that makes any sense. This is stuff that would have been in the Bible if there probably wasn't a dark ages where people just kind of did snipping, chopping, copying, and pasting in the Bible and, um, there was less nipping and tucking. Um, so this is some of the plain and precious truths that were lost. Um, which is why we believe the Bible to be true as far as it is translated correctly. Um, and we believe that the, um, book of Mormon to be the, also the word of God. Okay. So let's talk about this. There's a couple of scriptures I want to talk about. Um, and, there okay, so Moses, right? He has this experience with Heavenly Father. Um, I'm not gonna like rehash the whole thing, but let's talk about timing. Um and uh oh, just kidding, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Okay, so Moses 1, verse 10. There's this um quotation, or I guess this part of the scripture that I really love. Man is nothing. Which thing I never had supposed, and I think this is fascinating because Moses has just seen almost all that God is. Right, he he didn't show him everything because God's a lot to take in, but he showed him a lot, um, and he understand and you know, but he's only seen this by the aid of um, God's glory. Like he talks about how he was. Um, like transfigured that he saw this with his spiritual eyes, that he would not have not been able to witness this without God's help. He would have, you know, shriveled up and burned into a little piece of dust. Um and Moses has realized how amazing God's glory is, how powerless and insignificant humans are, right? We're we're little bugs. <laughs> when you compare us to God. We are teeny weeny little bugs. And if you've ever swum, swum, swam, swam, if you've ever been in the ocean, you know how teeny tiny and powerless little bugs we are. Like, I feel like the ocean has to be equalizer. Where, like, you're in the ocean you're like, holy crap, there's a lot of water. There's really big animals in here. <laughs> um, the ocean makes me, always makes me feel kind of small. But not in, like, a sad way, but in, like, a wow- the world is really big and impressive kind of way, if that makes any sense. Um, because God created everything, right? From the teeniest, tiny little picked to the blue whale, which is literally the biggest animal ever to grace its presence upon the earth. Um, so we are insignificant. We are powerless. We're teeny tiny little bugs. And yet, this is my favorite part. And yet the most powerful creative being to ever exist, loves us so much, created us, and has made it his mission, right? This is my work and my glory to bring to pass the immortality of man. It has made made it his mission to help us come home, right? And I just, I think that's so cool when we recognize that because, I mean, that's essentially the relationship between parents and children, right? When we're born into this earth, we are helpless, powerless teeny tiny little squishes and without help we would die which I don't want to talk about too much because I'll just cry my baby just turned one and he seems so big and huge but also still so little and so powerless um and it is because parents love children we love our children it is because we brought them into this earth because we want them to succeed. We want them to be able to grow up and be good, productive adults in the world, Um, good, kind adults in the world, that we spend our time on them. We spend our sleep on them instead of sleeping. (laughs) Um, Anyway, Um, so let's look at Moses... Obviously, this is all chapter 1. I'm not going to tell you it's chapter 1 anymore. So Moses, verses 11 and 14. And um, Moses recognizes... This is what I was talking about before. Moses recognizes he was only able to see God after being transfigured. Um, And he was able to witness God with his spiritual eyes. And then (laughs) Satan has terrible timing. So I want to talk about this in relationship with Joseph Smith real quick. So we have Moses, right? He's gone. He's seen God has shown him all kinds of incredible things. He's seen the creation. God, you know, they talked. Um, and after this, Moses is like, I don't know, chilling out on the mountain. I always picture this on a mountain for some reason. Um, maybe that's exactly where it took place. I don't know. I forgot to read that part. Or actually I read this like earlier this week and my brain, I just, I just woke up. For those of you on YouTube, you could tell. tell. I just woke up. (laughs) Um, I picture him sitting on a mountain, just kind of like, whoo, (laughs) kind of catching his breath, kind of coming to, and Satan walks up and is like, hey, you should worship me. I am the God of this world. Right? And Moses is like, I'm sorry. What? (laughs) Who do you think you are again? And one of the things that I think is fascinating is, um, Satan calls after God has just finished telling him, you are my child. You were created after me. You were created in my image. Satan calls him son of man and like, um, (laughs) downgrade, you know what I mean? And I just think it's fascinating that Satan shows up right after this interaction and is like, hey, you should worship me. And Moses is like, bro, who are you? Like, I had to be transfigured. I had to have God's glory on me just to be able to, like, talk to him. Like, there is no transfiguring happening right now. I'm just my normal human self. Very tired, by the way. I don't have time for your nonsense. Go away. Um, and then he sends him away. And I think Satan hangs out for a little bit. And then he sends him away again in the name of Christ and then Satan departs. parts. Um, and I think that this is fascinating because Satan learns from his lesson. And then when he tries to get at Joseph Smith, Joseph is in the garden or in the kneeling in the grove. I was going to say the garden. He's kneeling in the grove. And as he's praying, Satan's like, well, I'm going to get him right now before he meets God, because he'll know after I'm going to get him before this time. It still doesn't work because... Um, Joseph calls out for Heavenly Father. calls out for Christ and Satan's kicked out and, um, we have the first vision, which again, offers this massive, massive contrast between what Satan looks and feels like versus what God and Christ look and feel like, if that makes sense. Like, I'm not talking about like physically feel like, cause you can't actually, I don't think you can like... Physically feel Satan. Well, I don't know. Because he talks about him as, like, a physical force, not just some, I don't know. Anyway, so, but, like, what what they feel like to us, right? And, like, Satan is darkness and cold. And Christ is warmth and light. Um, okay. So, um, yes, yeah, so we see that in uh, 18, in Moses 18. For his glory has been upon me, wherefore I can judge between him and thee. So I was thinking about this, do we allow God's glory upon us? Now, obviously we're probably not all going to have access to God's glory in the way that Moses did, right? Where it's like literally upon us so that we can see visions and God can talk to us and we can have, be transfigured. But I was thinking about this, like, do we allow God's blessings? Do we allow the spirit? Do we allow Christ the Holy Ghost into our lives and to rain those blessings down upon us? Do we allow God's glory into our life so that we can recognize his hand and we know what he feels like so that we can judge the difference between Christ and the adversary? Do we do that? I hope so. I hope you do. And if not, Well, getting into the scriptures is a great way to start. Um, And then verses 19 through 22, I think, is important that we recognize. Because I think sometimes, for me, I get talking about Satan versus God and Christ. And, um, like, God and Christ is one. And then Satan versus them, right? And I think about the immense power and glory and everything that God and Christ are and have. And I think Satan is nothing, but we have to remember Satan does have power, right? He does have power. Um, But God and Christ are infinitely more powerful. And I think when we remember that, that does, yeah, okay, Satan, you've got, you've got some tricks up your sleeve. You've got some power, but as long as I'm moving toward Heavenly Father in Christ. I'm gonna be okay because they are infinitely more powerful. Um, I love um Abraham, okay, so we're gonna jump into Abraham 3 for a second. I love that Abraham um so verses 23 and 26. God builds upon our good, right? Um, I don't know if you've ever read the book. Love and Logic, um, it makes me think of this for some reason where, um, one of the things that it's a parenting book and it talks about how we should, the attention that we give should be on the good things because whatever we give attention to is the behavior we're going to create, right? Like that's, that's just how human psychology works is whatever attention, whatever gets most attention is going to be the behavior that's perpetuated. Um, and there's this one example he gives of walking into a classroom. Cause he, the guy who wrote the book would help with like classroom management stuff. He walks into this classroom and it's just like full on chaos. Kids are jumping off of desks. There's literally not a single kid sitting in a desk. Everybody's throwing spitballs at each other and books are being torn. Like just like imagine the absolute worst scene you could in school and like that's happening. Right. Just absolute chaos. And it was like, uh, I think it was like late eighties, early nineties. Um, and he walks in and he sees a piece of paper. That's like, it's got like math homework or something on it. And he sees this piece of paper because he had, there is no good behavior happening, but he needs to build on good behavior. Cause that's, what we do. that's He knows that that's how you get positive results. So he walks in and he sees this math paper and there's a couple of problems that are done. So he starts interacting with the math homework. like, oh yeah, yeah, nope, that's very good. Very good, yes, three plus seven is 10. That's perfect, okay, let's see what about this next one. The kid whose homework this is comes and sits down because his math homework is getting attention. He wants the attention. And so as soon as the kid sits down, the guy's like, oh, thank you, Johnny, for sitting down. I'm assuming he knew his name because he could see his name on his homework, you know. And so and then in a matter of minutes, he gets the entire classroom quiet and sitting down because he gives attention to the actions that he wants. Um, And so I think of that when I think of this, that God builds upon our good. He knows all of us, every single one of us, have good in us, um, and even though it might be a piece of math homework level <laughs> of good, there's some human beings I can think of throughout history where I'm like, nope, that person was pure evil. I can't think of a single good thing about them, but I'm sure there was one good thing that Heavenly Father knew that the rest of the world was like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see anything. Heavenly Father's like, no, there's this piece of math homework. There's this, he did this math homework and he got it right. Like, does that make sense? Um, and I think that when we allow God, right, when we follow him, he will build upon our good and can do incredible things with our lives. Um, and will take us on incredible journeys, but we have to follow him. Um, okay. Last thing I wanted to talk about. Um, so this is, uh, this is probably one of my favorite scriptures from the reading is, um, Moses one verse 31. And it's this little section says, here is wisdom and it remaineth in me. And I think so often human nature is we want to know all the things like I often joke um I'm okay now because we're done having kids but at the beginning of the baby making process (laughs) the beginning of our having children journey um I would joke I'm like I wish I could just like go into the future and see like okay, Donica, here's your family picture. You're going to have two girls and two boys. Um, these will be the years that they're born. And yeah, there you go. And then I'd be like, okay, cool. And then I can be patient the rest of my life. And like, okay, the babies are coming. They're fine. I know that I don't, you know, I know when I know like, it'll be fine. Um, but obviously that's not how it works. Um, Sometimes I wish I could see the planner God has for my life. So I have it, you know, kind of color coded and like flip through that a little bit, get an idea of like, okay, where exactly are we going? Um, but again, it doesn't work that way. And I think about how um, I'm I'm the person who's actually just talking to my um, sister in law about this yesterday. Um, so we we thoroughly enjoy the Marvel movies, like the other four billion people that watch them. Um, and I am the person who I stress out. I get very involved when I'm watching TV and watching movies. I get very involved. I get very emotionally attached. Um, which is why personally for me, I needed, I'm careful about what I read and what I, what I watch on TV because I get emotionally attached. <laughs> and I'm the person who, before I walked into the movie end game, And before i go see the new spider-man movie which i haven't seen yet so you know there's no spoilers you have to be worried about i am going to text i sent a text to my brother-in-law before i walked into endgame i was like okay this is what i need to know does this person die does this person die does this person die also do we get this person this person this person back also does this happen and he's like yes no yes 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 no and i'm like okay that's all i needed to know because then I can stre- I can watch the movie. I mean, I also, like, have some anxiety that's normal during the movie. But I'm not stressed out the entire time. Like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to all these people? Because I know. Which is another reason why I like watching movies that I've read the book. Because I already kind of know the story. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But I'm the person, I don't necessarily like surprises if they're not going to be good right? I don't mind a good surprise. Like if you decide to show up randomly on my doorstep and be like, Donica, Kate, like woohoo, surprise. Um, but I don't like not good surprises. Um, so like a hidden bill, that's not a good surprise. I like to know things ahead of time. I think a lot of humans are like this. We, we don't want a surprise. We just want to know what's going to happen. But That takes the faith out of the equation. So, here is wisdom, and it remaineth in me. Sometimes, all the time, actually. God knows. God knows exactly what's going to happen. But the wisdom is that sometimes he doesn't tell us. Sometimes he doesn't reveal all. Um, Jake and I were talking to our kids about this, About sometimes Heavenly Father teaches us what he needs to teach us. And he teaches us, as we know, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. And it gives it to us in teeny tiny little bite-sized pieces so that we can process it. Because our little tiny human brains would explode if we do all the things. And it's wisdom in him that the wisdom stays with him. That it remaineth in me. Um, anyway, so I hope... That you have a fantastic new year when I talk to you next time it will be 2022 um also I kind of feel like I should be like 2020 also um but hopefully it's not 2020 also it's not 2020 again it is 2022 so fingers crossed for a happy 2022 um and not maybe the happy the whole time but like mostly happy mostly can we hope for mostly I'm gonna hope for mostly